Spider-Man No Way Home is one of the most thrilling and unifying of all the Spider-Man movies. And in case you've never heard of Spider-Man, uh, he's a teenager, his name is Peter Parker, who after being bitten by a mutated spider, gains some pretty amazing spider-like powers. And just things like the ability to climb on walls and ceilings, um, sense when something is about to happen before it does, and then swing from building to building on the webs that he shoots from his wrists. See, now the question underlying every Spider-Man movie is how will Peter use these powers? But just like with you and I, we have been given many different gifts, strengths, finances, and leadership positions. And we have to ask ourselves, how will I use what I have been given? See, like in any superhero movie, Spider-Man is thrust into the battle of good versus evil. I mean, it's why we connect with movies like this. There's something greater that is being fought for. There's a sense of justice and sacrifice that draws us in. See, deep inside, we know that there's something right about the willingness to sacrifice for one another, to take a stand, to leverage what we can do to help others. See, as you can see here in these clips, Spider-Man No Way Home picks up right where the previous movie left off. Mysterio, the villain from the last Spider-Man movie, frames him and reveals his true identity. And now the whole world knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. I mean, could you imagine that kind of pressure and fear that that would bring? Everywhere he goes, he's trailed by the press on foot, helicopters. They show up where he lives and where he can't go anywhere without someone yelling at him. See, even as Peter walks down the hallway of his school, everyone has their phones out, taking pictures and videos. There's no escape, no more mask. There was always a cost to being Spider-Man, but now there's a cost to being Peter Parker too. See, for many of us, we long to want to be seen. We think, I wanna be famous, I wanna be an influencer, yet we don't often think about the cost of that fame. See, we don't think about the cost to get to that place. And if we're honest, do we really want the pressure that comes with it? See, but the problem is that many of us try to shortcut and leap over what we call the desert of development that we find ourselves in. See, in God's kingdom, he operates his kingdom differently. There's often this development that needs to happen in the desert that God uses to prepare us for his purposes. See, if you take Moses, for example, he's one of the most well-known and greatest figures in all of scripture. He's known for standing up to Pharaoh, unleashing the plagues on the Egyptians and leading the nation of Israel from slavery to the land of freedom. See, yet God met Moses in the desert. Exodus chapter three, verses one and two. It says that Moses one day was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. See, in the time of development, God saw Moses. God saw him as a shepherd, saw him being faithful in the menial, unseen tasks and said, that's someone I can trust. That's someone I can use to do something great. I mean, he even came and spoke to him in a bush. Yet Moses struggled to understand how God would be willing to use him and call him. See, I wonder if you've ever felt inadequate or like you're not enough. Maybe right now you're in the desert and you're wondering if God even sees you. You've got dreams, maybe some hurts and doubts, and maybe you've even got some fear. See, for some of you, it's your past that always seems to haunt you and you never feel like you'll ever be free of it. See, for Peter, 
His past as Spider-Man had come to haunt him in ways he had never imagined. And in this next scene, we see him trying to find a way to restore everything as it once was. I mean, I've had some close calls, but never one where the whole universe was at stake. I mean, have you ever tried to take a shortcut to overcome something in your life or to get that promotion and then that almost backfires you and costs you your job? Well, that's because shortcuts are not the answer. See, we often search for the path of least resistance, yet it is in the resistance that growth occurs. After meeting God in the desert, Moses is given a great responsibility to go stand before Pharaoh and tell the most powerful person in the world what to do. And of course, Moses has a question for God. He says, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? And then what should I tell them? See, that God replied to Moses, he says, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to this people of Israel that Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. See, Moses would love to find a different path or have some other assurance that this is the right responsibility. And the only comfort and assurance he was given was that God said, I am sending you. See, the promise is great, but there was a lot of gaps in the plan. I don't know about you, but I tend to lean towards planning and being able to control my destiny, then let go and see what happens. I like to know a little bit more in the steps of what's number one, what's number two, what's number three, and then head in that direction and I'll be with you. But that's just not how God tends to work. See, in the unknown, there is a gift called dependence. Now, most of us don't think of dependence as a gift. However, if we can shift our perspectives and see that dependence is positioning us to rely on God and not ourselves, it frees us up for really great things in the future. See, the truth is that we were made to rely on God and other people. We are created relational beings and it's in this dependence and in the desert that we grow and carry the responsibility we have been given. See, Spider-Man learns this in the movie that he can't shortcut his problems. He can't accomplish or require the things on his own. Knowing that he needs help from others, Peter goes to get his friends, Ned and MJ, to help. Eventually, all of the other villains from the other universes, I don't have time to explain the concept of the multiverse, so let's just all pretend that it makes total sense and we're all on board, end up in Doctor Strange's basement. See, Strange explains that he has a way to send everyone back to their own universe, but there's a problem. Peter realizes that all of these guys died fighting Spider-Man and they'll die if he sends them back. So Peter decides to stop Strange until he can fix things. Peter realizes that his life and the lives of these other villains are dependent on this little spell in a box that Strange has and decides to take matters into his own hands I wonder today if you're trying to hold everything together on your own power. Maybe your tendency, like mine, is to often jump into the task or the problem solving and you don't even have time to stop and ask God if he's going to show up and work. What if your time in the desert is to call you to lift your eyes up to God, to see that he is the one that you need? Psalms 121 verse 1 says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? 
My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. See, when our eyes are taken off of ourselves and we can look to God, we begin to understand and see his purpose of helping others. As followers of Jesus, we are called to help others with love and compassion so that they might know God, that they might know Jesus came and gave up his life on a cross for our sins so that we could experience forgiveness and relationship with God and an eternity in heaven. It was this fact that led followers of Jesus to make a greater impact throughout the history. Modern schools, hospitals, and foster care were all started by followers of Jesus who looked to God and then acted on what they saw others needed so that they could help them know Jesus. See, as a follower of Jesus, we are given the gospel, which literally means good news, and it is something to be handled well. Peter's problem throughout this movie is he can't see past himself. He keeps trying to orient the universe around himself and what he wants to happen. It was Peter's Aunt May who helped him see that his real power is laying in helping others. This theme and encouragement from May are seen even after being attacked by one of the very ones they were trying to save. And in this time, she speaks great life vision into Peter for his future. With great power must come great responsibility. One of the most important and powerful lines of the movie and what ties all of the Spider-Men together. Yes, Spider-Men. Just like there are villains from other universes, other Spider-Men start showing up too. After Aunt May dies, Ned and MJ ask for their help to find Peter. When they do, the three Spider-Men realize that they have all experienced tragic loss as a result of being Spider-Man. And it could be also said that with great power, there is great cost. See, Aunt May knew that Peter needed to use his power for good. Don't seek revenge. Don't use it for self-gain. There is a great responsibility in how Peter would use his powers. And for Moses, this was also true. He was given incredible power. He had the power to do amazing miracles. And with that power came great responsibility. And the only time that Moses got into trouble with that power is when he took that power into his own hands. There was a time when God told Moses to speak to a rock and the water would come out. But instead, Moses hit it with his rod. The water still came out, but he had disobeyed and used his power in his own way versus the way God intended and directed for it to be used. This may seem small, but it really matters because with great power, there is great responsibility, which means power must be directed appropriately. We have all been given great power, and you may not think so, but each of us have influence over someone or something. Each of us has money. Each of us has words and ways to communicate to another influence, and all words have power, and with great power comes great responsibility. I wonder when was the last time you looked at all you have in your life and asked God, how can I use this to help others, even those who aren't kind to me, to know you? How can I bless others with my money or my words? How can I solve problems in my community? How can I give of my time to help someone? It's so easy for us to get our eyes focused on our world. It's so easy to get into the busyness and write off helping others or not even think about it. Yet God has given and made his grace accessible to us that we might know him and help others know him. We may not be curing villains who are trying to kill us, 
But what if you could help someone not lose their marriage? What if you could help a child in the foster care system have a home? What if you could give financially for a Bible to be translated into a language that doesn't have one? See, the news of Jesus and helping people get Jesus is the cure for sin and brokenness in our world. And if we are going to seek first his kingdom, everything we have becomes about helping others be free. See, you have been given great power and great news, great freedom, great love, and all of these come with great responsibility. We often want the credit and the fame for the work, but not the cost that's associated with it. Jesus said that the greatest will become the least and the first will be last. And if you want to do something great, there will be a cost. See, Spider-Man realizes at the end of this movie that in order to save the universe and all of his friends, it would come at a great cost. Spider-Man gave up everything that he might save everyone. To do the right thing, he paid a price because with great power comes great responsibility. Moses led the people out of Egypt and God used him in great ways, yet he never saw the vision come to fruition. But what he did is he laid the pathway for one to come and pay the ultimate price. Jesus would come to this earth to pay the price for sin. In Philippians chapter two, it says that Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Have you ever noticed that in superhero movies, the hero starts to win when they start acting like Jesus. See, they only triumph when they stop thinking about themselves, when they use their power for others, when they are willing to make a great sacrifice. See, Spider-Man is no different. In the end, it isn't his power that saves everyone, but his willingness to sacrifice. The great power that he finally activated wasn't being super strong or climbing walls. It was the ability to choose sacrifice. In the same way, the power that is available to us isn't really our talents or abilities. The true power is in the one who has given them to us. The question is whether we will find him in the desert, whether we will acknowledge our dependence on him, and whether we will accept the great responsibility of directing that power as he wants us to.